Welcome to Elite Six Business Networking Think Tank, facilitated by your host, Danny DeHeck, the place where decision makers come together to share their experience, knowledge, and skills. Alright, so I will officially start the podcast and I welcome you all along. Just to run around the room, uh, let's just do a wee introduction so people listening. If you are looking for these people on um, on the internet, you can actually go to dehec.com or danny.co.nz, click on Elite Six and click on Members and you'll find everyone's profile there and all their details. So I'll get to start. I'll go Paul from uh, Canterbury Computers. Introduce yourself, please. Hello, I'm Paul from Canterbury Computers, based out in Rangura, and our job is to make life simple for small to medium-sized businesses. Um, we look after all their IT needs, and we also look after the IT needs of residential home users as well. Brilliant. Cool. Helen Oakes. Helen from Mode V. I'm a photographer, digital, digital artist, and a creator of art as well. And she's wearing a green top when I've got a green screen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I won't hold that. Right, Steve from Garmin, looks like. Uh, hi, Steve here, Fitness New Zealand, the Garmin Specialist, Papamere Road, anything Garmin, and also do a bit of online marketing. Yeah, and he's just cranked over a million dollars worth of sales uh, for this year. We tiny shop, middle of nowhere. Looks like a massive shop. Yeah, it's brilliant. brilliant. It does look like a big shop, doesn't it? Uh, right, and Lachlan. Yes, I'm Lachlan McNeil. I'm a technical recruiter, recruiting for engineers and architects, uh, many of whom can't fly anywhere at the moment, so that's quite interesting. But uh, look, I'm still still pretty busy. Yeah, I do specialise in mainly technical, sort of senior technical roles, and it keeps me busy. Ah, brilliant. Uh, Rob Woolley, who's called Wobblet. Um, I'm a corporate trainer as well as an antique dealer. Um, if you want to learn anything about public speaking, management, uh, leadership skills, etc., let me know. And uh, what do you do at Toastmasters? You're God there, aren't you? I am God. Yeah, chief, chief guy for Toastmasters New Zealand. Who would think in here today talking to us live? Nigel, the man that builds small things for big people. <laughs> Oh, my, putting it, I suppose, yes, Nigel Young, um, affordable housing, and in fact, almost very close now to seeing reality. Had an interesting meeting yesterday with uh, guys who are going to be building, building the show home and other homes. It looks like we even have a sale coming up. So, Oh, my goodness. Well, that's a good enough excuse to miss your Elite Six meeting yesterday. <laughs> I did put a big strike against your name. It's still carved oh. into the wall, but that's excellent, mate. Well done for you. Thank you. Yep. If it all comes off, there will be a party, I can assure you. Yeah, I love parties. Drunk It'll be there. It's me. It'll be a lot this place, something as a lad. Yeah, that's quite good. Uh, Matt James, the man that's had a haircut. Hi. Show. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, so, I'm Matt James, I'm a business consultant and coach. I work with my wife based in our offices in Rangiora. Is that good? Do you want some marriage counselling? No. <laughs> Just quite 997. <laughs> well done. Welcome along. Um, Mark? Scown. Yeah, I'm Mark Scown, insurance broker. Been in the industry for four years now. Um, Specialise in personal uh, risk and small business with a particular speciality for providing long-term, affordable and sustainable uh, cover for people through doing uh, aspects in levelled 
things to avoid the four or five thousand percent increase that people typically have with their premiums. Brilliant. That, well done. Um, Raymond, our newest member of Elite Six, welcome along. Are you mic'd up? Uh, can you hear me? We yes. should, should be. You're a sound guy, so I'm quite glad we can hear you. Uh, um, yeah, well, it, it, yeah well, that's true. Um, it's just that uh, I'm at a different computer and um, I'm glad there's a mic on the camera because uh, I've never used it before and yeah. glad it's working. Um, so, yeah, I'm uh, Sword Productions. I do make films and stuff. And if you ever need a video for your Facebook page or YouTube, give me a holo. I'm based in Christchurch in Northcote. That's me. Yeah, brilliant. And I've uh, just gone through your Facebook page and uh, found a video there and put it onto your profile, actually. So, very good. Uh, I will jump to now. Stephen, it did look like you had a microphone there for a second or two. I saw it flicker up. Is that working now? Oh, we'll go to David Clarkson in the meantime. Stop eating your food, David, and biting your nails. <laughs> we can see you. Hi, I'm David Clarkson from Dynamic Communication. We are public speaking and presentation skills trainers for business and corporate clients. And uh, we've been teaching communication skills in that area for something like a in excess of 20 years so a lot of experience around training we also do some training around soft business skills like time management goal setting that sort of thing strategically you don't look old enough to be doing that long dave so well right. run uh right now i can't pronounce your name because i'm hopeless i told you that when we talked the other day honji you've got your mic on mute there you go on air run um actually yeah you can call me yao is my last name um, now I'm a financial planner working for uh, Fox Plan based in Wellington, um, based uh, in Hawke's Bay. So yeah, nice to meet you guys. That, excellent. Isn't that awesome? So you're working from Hawke's Bay, but you work for a company in Wellington. Yep. Excellent. I like the sound of that. It's what yeah. Zoom's all about, isn't it? So that's very good. Sean, have you got your ears on? I see you've got your mask on. Don't be scared if you haven't met Sean before. He's a pest control specialist, obviously. <laughs> He's not a COVID fighter. <laughs> same, same. Hi there. Hi, Sean. Hey, Sean. Oh, that's better. Sean from Quality Clan. Uh, One-stop services for uh, property improvement, including pest controls. And recently, we're doing a lot of um, healthy home checks for the agent. Uh, brilliant. Excellent. Now, did we get there, Stephen? Oh, you, we didn't. Just do well, sign language. Stephen is an architect, and I remember going to Taylor's Mistake, and every time I go to Taylor's Mistake, I drive past this house called The Rocks, and I absolutely love it. And then when Stephen came on board, I jumped on his website, and he was the creator of that house. It's my favorite house in Christchurch. So he builds really amazing architecturally designed houses. Uh, no, I lie. He builds shelters. So he's going to be um, participating by waving at us every now and again. So if you haven't been to our think tank meeting before, uh, we have a mind map and I use a program called Mind Node. So I'm sharing that on the screen for the people who listen to our podcast. Hopefully uh, you should be able to see a lovely screen. Uh, and it's today's topic is actually generating leads and sales online. And we have four parts to the meeting. It's not rocket science, it's the heck science. First of all, we talk about people's experiences trying to advertise and generate business online problems people have come up with when doing so, and then some proactive solutions, 
And at the end of the day, I'm going to ask you guys, what did you get from coming along to the meeting today? And we're going to have some takeaways. And then at the end of all that, we're going to come up with the topic for next week to entice you guys to turn up next week. So excellent. So let's get started. We're talking about generating leads and sales online. What is people's experience of trying to do that so far? I'll open the floor to everyone who wants to talk. I love this part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll kick off. From the time we went into uh, lockdown and then um, all of our networking groups, and thanks to Danny, um, we went on to Zoom. And so we all went through this steep learning curve, I guess, over that first three, four weeks. My, my realisation as an insurance broker is where am I going to find my next set of clients? Um, and I guess as the, the weeks turned into months, I, I realised that probably my best platform was um, through this virtual world. And I, I guess by the time I got to August, I remember looking at one particular screen and there was eight or nine people in there. And I found that three of them were my um, newest set of clients. So that was uh, pretty heartening um, for me. And that was my initial steps into this virtual world. Okay, I like it. So um, Zoom, virtual world. Uh, I think the uh, problem I did see with Zoom is we had to learn new ways to uh, build relationships up with people and connect. And not everyone really wanted to uh, embrace that straight away or thought it was possible. Anyway, eight months later. There had to be a mind shift though, didn't there? I mean, initially it was there as a, a means to an end to get us through a period of time and it works. But then afterwards the thinking that, oh, this is actually a, a shift in the way we do things, that takes a bit of getting used to. Anyone else had any experiences with generating leads online? Um, if we're talking online, do we mean uh, you know, like all things online? Um, all things online. Oh, Pretty right. much, yeah. yeah. Mm. Another uh, thing to do about. Um, I, I went for years without a website and I created a website um, oh, <laughs> in the lockdown, uh, whenever that was, you know, April. And I'd say half of my inquiries are now all for that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, like it's the most obvious um, avenue, but it uh, you know, obvious is not always what we do. I think you you have to have that online presence, don't you, to at least put yourself out there hmm. online. Um, well, we, we went crazy online with COVID, uh, with our online shops, to the point where um, we were doing a month's worth of sales in a day, <clears throat> which was, uh, but then we obviously had other problems uh, of trying to keep up with uh, shipping and also correspondence. Uh, so that was quite fortunate, but sometimes you stumble across some advertising that you do and something changes in the economy and your advertising kicks in and you realize you have been doing it right. Just that there wasn't any demand perhaps for your product or service. So things change. So sometimes, uh, yeah. So I'm just sort of thinking about that really. Has anyone had any like with COVID, obviously a lot of people lost business, but there's some people out there who have gained business. I know Steve, um, his shop, he sells garment products and the first week of COVID was diabolical and then all of a sudden um, people got used to the idea and started going back to online and started buying stuff. Is that right, Steve? 
yeah, the first week was pretty shocking, and it was uh, you're wondering if what what the outcome will be. But since then, we've seen quite an increase, which has been quite incredible. Which is um, yeah, a very good and positive result. I still personally feel that we've got the worst to come. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see and hope. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Rob, when you were talking about generating the business off the website, was that for your antique business or for your um, uh, training business? Uh, it was for the uh, the uh, collectibles. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, collected, you know, like collected, created a website for Academy Antiques, yeah, like around about April. And... Um, Interesting. I'll tell you a really interesting story here. In the last three or four months, I have got a page for Academy Antiques. I have not updated that page in six months. Mm. And I'm getting ding, 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 you know, every day, you know, extra people ah. liking it. I'm not doing a thing, so I have no idea what's going on there. But um, it is interesting how that can happen. So, you know, if you've got those avenues, you know, um, that's interesting, Rob, because uh, the um, the oh I don't know website uh, the sorry internet likes fresh content and yeah. puts more bias on that. So yeah, that that is quite interesting that you've sold. But it, but if your site's getting lots of hits, Helen, yeah, does that also help with the register where I'm you sit? Sure it does. Yeah. Hmm. I published an article yesterday and it's already shown up in, uh, on the internet quite strongly, but it's the strategy I've used to get it out there really quickly, which I'm real pleased about because basically <clears throat> it's a five hour turnaround and your content's straight online. Wow. I think the, definitely the biggest thing I've ever done is create content and content's wow. king. It really is. You can share everything or you can create brand new content. Wow. Well, it's also what platform you use as well. Like some people do really well with, let's say, Facebook and others maybe like you, Rob, are more website-based and do well that way. So you kind of got to choose your platform too, haven't you? I can, I can tell you um, a piece of small useless information here. Right? When I was creating my own website, I know, I know nothing about creating website, right? So you know, I went online, you know, read up about it and applied it. And what I realized is that a lot of people there, uh, well, A, I realized I'm going online reading other people's content. Okay, right, so that was the first thing. Um, I, I'm reading a lot of online other people's uh, yeah, items. And then I realized most people that create content online are crap. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, yeah, you know, like you go and you know, like and you watch heaps of videos, particularly American ones. They talk a million miles an hour. I don't know why they do that, but it's like if you're creating online content on a video, you talk really fast. And I thought, what if you actually recreated everybody else's content but slowed down and spoke well, or you presented it in your own way, you know, like you may be able to, you know, like establish uh, yourself out there as uh, the go-to person. 
I think most people do that though, Rob. They um, look at other people's websites or videos and they take bits from everyone and then create their own, but it's all taken from other people. And that's, I guess, how you put your own content out there. Mm. Well, your own as in your own spin on it. Yep. <clears throat> you see, and that's interesting when you, when you say that, Rob, because just from observation, if you go and have a look at the TED Talks and what have you, they speak at normal pace in those. Mm. They don't go quickly, and they give, they continue to get a good audience, I believe, because of that. You know, and they use all the other inverted commas stuff as well. You know, like um, PowerPoint or or whatever uh, the <coughs> Apple one is, key Keynote. They use PowerPoint or Keynote to support what they're doing. Whereas most of the people who you're seeing putting their own up, they're not doing any of that. They're just doing the talking head stuff, which doesn't really appeal. Just um, note, guys, we've got a chat room too. So if you've got any comments, chuck them in the chat box and then we'll paste them into the mind map. I forgot to mention that at the start. Um, good stuff. I like that. Can we talk about problems? Problems. Yeah. I, oh, pro here we go. Well, a problem I see <laughs> is that if you're not well known, you've got to generate trust before you can generate leads and sales. So, pop me mm. up there and I'll type it. Yep. Mm. Um, I yeah, I, we've talked about the other day of Helen actually because she's a photographer and she said that you know people don't know her, not searching for her. So she's thinking, do I promote herself as a brand or a person? And I'm saying, well, let's look at some of the top photographers. Do they use their name or do they use a brand? And I said, suggested to her that she actually changes her name to something that's or you know, she, she's been married and now she's divorced, if you want to know. And uh, she's going by her married name. And if she built a business up on her current name, you know, it's all. And I said, what do we promote? A name or a brand? And I'm going name and she's going brand. And I'm going, well, where do you stop? When you're trying to promote a brand, it's a lot more expensive. And brand recognition is a different ball game than promoting a, you know, a photographer. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that sort of stuff? Well, if you wanted to sell the business, you'd want to be promoting a brand, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's the, that's the issue. I think there's been a shift with that, though, because I've been trying to build a brand for 20 years and I've given up on it now. Now I've gone back to promote my name. But what, what if I thought, what if I, you decide you're sick of this whole online business, you're going to become a hermit and sit and live in a cave? Uh, and I say, oh, I'd love to buy this business, Danny De Heck. Yeah. Well, De Heck, I, do I just change my name by Deepol? I think I'm lucky <laughs> with my name because De Heck's really weird. I did change my name by Deepol. My name used to be Danny Charlesworth. Um, but my stepfather's name was De Heck, and I got known as Danny De Heck. And then when I went to open a bank account, they told me I had to use Charlesworth. So I changed it by Deepol. But uh, I think that that's my point, actually. My name, De Heck, could technically be a brand but yeah. It, yeah, it stands out because it's different. He, Danny, actually said that to me. Why don't you change your name by Depol? And I just think that's all a bit too weird. Coming out as some person with a completely different surname, you know, that's not my maiden name. So and, I just think you should turn your surname to to Damnation because calling yourself Helen Damnation, I think, is a great word. Damnation. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look at how, how name brands can actually work. You just take, you know, what, one of the biggest crooks in history, Kim dot com. And look how well it works at him. Yeah, actually, you're right. I could be Helen.com. Trump, <laughs> Trump Tower. We haven't yeah. talked about him yet. We just brought it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Using, using actual name. Create a name. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, if you create, you know, like a name, then it implies, you know, there, there's a lot of you. Yeah, that's what I think too. Like my DV, I feel like, you know, I have people around me, even though I don't. Whereas if it's just Helen, it's like just me, you know. Yeah. I, I used to have all my brands and I used to use New Zealand Information Network by Danny DeHeck. And everything I did was by Danny DeHeck. And that was a different way of doing it. Mm. I hope, you know, but it just never really eventuated. Mm. I mean, I, I, I personally, I mean, I, I started my brand, the Acorva sort of thing. And I, I chose a name quite precisely because it didn't mean anything and I could actually make it be what I wanted. But also I thought if I ever want to sell it, I can sell it and it can be adapted to anything. So I, per, I decided specifically for that. But I'm also thinking, I mean, I've got domain names for my name, you know, I think LachlanMcNeil.com. I think I've got that. Um, and uh, so I, I guess I've always got that option. But uh, my name's not easy to spell necessarily for a lot of people. It's, it's you know, not like Nigel Young. That's a nice, easy one. Um, I'm glad. I mean, Nigel changed his name from Felicity. Just to do that. <laughs> At your suggestion. At, yes, right, yes. <laughs> I, I, I did not know until now you are a corver. Uh, we do now. Remember, you heard it here first. If you, on that. if you go back before when you just told us that you and you alone are a corver, before then, I thought a corver was a big business. Ah, uh, that's right. There we And you worked for it. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's exactly. Course, I thought yeah. the same. Yeah. I, I went out of my way to appear to be bigger than I was. So I had these notepads with a corver written on there. And yeah. what I observed was that small players always put their cell phone number underneath. And I thought, I'm not going to do that <laughs> because big companies don't have to say that. So I purposely did that. Um, <laughs> I have done, I've created pens. I haven't got any at the moment uh, with me, but I've got pens which just had a corver and then question mark on it. And of course, work with engineers, they're going to have to Google that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now I purposefully did that and I decided I wasn't going to have a car with the, with the cell phone number and all those things. Yeah, it's just yeah. all these things. But I guess we can generate interest and leads by like what you're saying. But let's say with clothing and you've got your, I don't know, a jacket on with a corver on the back and yep. people are going to be interested and go, oh, who's that? Oh, have mm. a look. Or for example, on your car, like Danny's dots and things like that. It's probably quite a good way. Except if it's on your car and then you cut someone off and give them the finger, that's not a good idea. And I've done that quite a lot. Yeah. Ah, cutting shirt. Oh, you have? Oh, good yeah. on you. He's a running shirt. He's a really he's got really all good the branded material. They got, yeah. it's, got, it's reflective as well. Yeah. So yeah. when you run at night. Yeah. How often do you go running at night, mate? Um, only when I've, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, been chased by a wolf, perhaps. Only when he went to market his business. I've made these shirts. Hey, got these shirts made and I sponsored a running uh, the, the 5K race. But everyone's about the size of a small child. They, these people who run up in the, in the hills. So I've got these sort of X, all the XL, the two XLs and stuff. I've got, I've got spare ones. So <laughs> anyone wants one, let me know. <laughs> uh, great shirts, by the way. Does anyone else do that? Does anyone have clothing or branding like that that they use? I did like my wee pull-up sign I use at Elite Six. So I used to cart around these big $300 pull-up signs. 
And um, now I've got this mini one that's only about 500 high and I put it on top of a desk and it's just so awesome. And it was only like, I think $75 once I got it all printed up. Um, but I like I, your yeah. car's a good thing because that people are always interested what the dots are. I hear people, sometimes we get out the car and people sort of point at the car and laugh and go, oh, look at, look at that. What are the dots? He's and got they're a trying to work it out. He's got a gambling problem. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's oh, yeah. advertising. He's got his Garmin t-shirt on. Do you wear um, much Garmin gear, Steve? All the time in the shop. Yeah. Uh, but out and about, out of the shop? Steve's got Garmin as a license plate number and his car's oh, covered. Yeah. Oh yeah, your car is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah. Garmin number plate as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I also have um, have um, name badge, which has my name and my my corporate brand on it. Yeah. Uh, and that's really handy, especially if I'm going into different clients. And it's amazing the number of times the guy people will say to me, "Oh, see you back again doing your courses." And straight away, it's uh, it's an instant recognition. Mm. And I just don't think it's my face. I think a lot of the time they actually they the name badge is is clear and they pick it up pretty quickly. So mm. it just reinforces the brand and what I'm pushing. Yeah. Actually, that what you've just said is really good. One of your comments I posted onto the mine uh, map is that's basically not being familiar with social media. Now, when we talk about generating leads and sales, a lot of the time is we think about advertising and putting content online. But what's some other forms of advertising that we can do? Obviously, sign writing is, is, can be a low you know, $500 or $1,000 exercise. What um, about, does anyone um, still go to like cafes or restaurants and put a business card or leave their information? Is that gone and A very cute business card. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. When I employed people, we all had different pictures. Yeah. And you go along to a meeting and people would say, Oh, that's cool. Can I join uh, can I join your company just to get one? I know, I love <laughs> your pictures. Yeah. That was quite funny. But yeah. I tell you what, just, just just these little notepads. I have ones with the one to ten list and then a little square down the bottom. Cool. And this other one here, which is a grid. I don't know if you can see the grid. Oh, yeah. yeah. But oh, yeah. I, what what I do is is in recruitment you've got to be a little bit covert sometimes because some people they sort of you know there's all this often there's companies who've got got contracts with with people so what i do like for example people engineering consultancies i'll just go along reception i'll say oh someone asked for these and i just dropped one thing and they go right throughout the company so my name is on pretty much everyone's desk it comes as i'm looking for and when i ring up they of course they think i'm a really big corporation because my notepads are everywhere I've got to tell you a story. We went, I got invited to a $600 course from a guy called Patrick Snow and he was a self publisher author and he's yeah. from the States. He lived in Hawaii and he uh, said the most cunning plan he ever did was he got his book when he was going through the airports and go, went into the bookshops and put his book right next to the bestseller. And he said he was giving away his books. But what happened is when somebody purchased that book, they would use the scanner on the back of the, the book and when the stock got low it would pick up and say you need to reorder the book <laughs> genius i know but i'm just yeah, yeah like great minds think that alike. is awesome but you'd think it wouldn't be in that store's system yeah but they use a global system oh, of books and yeah. a, 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 yeah. numbers. Yeah. yeah oh that's awesome the, yeah. the other one was business cards uh, i've put a question a unique question on the back of all my business cards mm. and so when i give when i meet somebody i i ask them that question and give them that card Mm. and uh, it gives it a purpose. I quite like that idea. Anyone else? David, you were going to say something? 
Yeah, it's, uh, just just on the cards. I always remember Guy once said to me, "If you're cold calling and trying to develop your business because it's another way of doing it," he said he never tried on the first visit to um, to get to talk to the people concerned. He would ask the receptionist who was the person who looked after such and such and so and so. You know, whether it was buying services or buying products or what it was, and invariably the, the the receptionist would tell him and he'd say would you mind just passing this card on to them i don't want to speak to him at the moment but i'll be giving them a call later so would you pass this on and he said the strike rate that he got on that was something like about 90 percent and so that when he rang the person that she'd or he or she had suggested um he actually got through to the person he wanted to talk to. So that's just a, it's a small thing, but it's a good way to use business cards if you're out cold calling. Mm. One of our members was going around handing out uh, Mars bars when he couldn't get any business. So he'd just go around to all the receptionist desks and leave a Mars bar on the counter for the receptionist. Um, and it was just a way of staying in touch with people. <laughs> but, Did he put his name on it? Uh, well, I think they knew who he was, but oh, he couldn't yeah. do anything with their business at that time. So yeah. he's decided to be Father Christmas and, you know, a dollar investment each time. Yeah. I would have eaten mm. them all. Okay. So we've got problems. We're doing quite good for time. Uh, any other problems with advertising? Obviously, it costs money. Uh, once upon a time, I used to always have a theory that knocking on people's doors and beating the streets uh, was quite a good way of doing it. And I used to do that quite a lot when I had an event. And what I liked about doing that is I'd get a really good feel for what people perceived my business to be when I used to say, I'm running a speed networking event. Would you be interested in coming along? And they would normally say, oh, yes or no, because, and that because reason was gold to me when I went marketing. So, and also I remember one insurance salesman, he used to do 90% of his cold calling uh, on the streets, knocking on people's doors, walking around the businesses. Mm. Um, and, he, and I thought that was quite good because some of the old advertising that we used to use, we don't do anymore because we've got this new wangle bangle systems out there now. So keeping it real, I suppose. I mean, certainly about... those skills are pretty useful. I knew a guy who sold at once time in double glazing in the UK, and he said the only thing that's harder than selling double glazing door to door is selling doors door to door. But he said he built he built skills. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Has has anyone tried sponsoring uh, like a sports team or something like that, getting their name out by sponsoring something? Yep. I would you give out pens um, to the RSA and the Bridge Club, sponsor the Saracens Rugby Club. Oh, good. Um, Do you think it brings anything in? Just brand awareness, really. Yeah. A few jobs, but not a great deal. Yeah. Um, what else is it? Sponsored the hockey club. That didn't bring anything in at all. Mm. But um, as you say, brand awareness, it gets your name out there, I guess. That's the only thing, yeah, getting yeah. the brand out. Yeah. You should have gone stand at all the polling booths. Give out your pins. <laughs> we, we sponsored uh, they, the they were giving away the, uh, the white throwaway ones, weren't they? Yeah. So they could, uh, you weren't allowed to do that, unfortunately. We sponsored a 5K race for a couple of years, um, but it really wasn't our target. A lot of the, you know, we, I recruit for engineers, and they tend really to be more into things like mountain biking and kayaking. Mm. Um, so really, it was quite a bit of time and effort and cost. I mean, those shirts cost $35 just to even make, so they'd sell for you know, 85 mm. bucks or something. Yeah, if you're sponsored a real ale. 
uh, it should have sponsored a real owl, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but really, I've generally found sponsorship, is, it's very easy to throw money away um, in these areas. And, and often people want to sponsor and they don't want to sit back and don't do anything. I think if you sponsor it and you're involved in the day and you're actually turning up on the day and you're doing something, oh, so yeah. people can see you doing stuff, then it probably tends to work. But just sponsoring means sitting back. Yeah. What's that guess. lady that come into your shop on Saturday, Steve? Um, Which who one? Is she? The police lady. Oh, Mel Aiken. Yeah, so she's a marathon runner, one of New Zealand's best uh, female runners, and um, Steve sponsors her, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And she, she came in and she's never met Steve before, which is ironic. She's from Wellington, but um, then she wanted to take photos of Steve, put on a Facebook page, and. Um, but she's really in the know and um, she's really out there grateful, actually. So it's another way. Mm. I think one of the cunning plans I've seen you do, Steve, lately is you've had a, um, they have, this, what's the, you're handing out race packs. So you've yeah. gone to a, a, an event organizer and said, well, how about you use my shop as a pickup point for race packs when people are entering these competitions? Yep. That works quite well. Just um, offer them a, a nice, you know, spot prize, give them a watch or something like that. And on the condition that you have race pack pick up here in the shop, and it's not to generate sales, just to generate, um, you know, people's knowledge about where the shop actually is. Uh, and it works really, really well for getting uh, 500 people through the shop. I reckon it's an awesome idea, really good idea, yeah, mm. to get people in. And, and it's even brand awareness, isn't it, you know? Yeah. All right. So let's. Um, so we've come up. We've we've got some solutions here, of things. So just bear in mind, we're looking at leads. What's some solutions that we might have come up with just by talking about leads and generate sales online? Uh, I think. I think if you go back to that comment that uh, was made by David, um, and that is about that you're not comfortable or or uh, familiar uh, to do anything online you know if you're not you may plan to do it right but then uh, you stop doing it and you know like perhaps you can actually hand it off to you know, like another one uh, you know who's uh, specifically helping you with that and you're helping them with you know like something else mm. I just uh, the, the advantage that I know Steve and I have is we're very versed online and we'll spend, I spent uh, probably four hours putting together a blog yesterday, but I've got 20 years worth of knowledge while using it. So technically speaking, if somebody wanted to do what I did in four hours, I reckon they would have had to spend 20 hours at least. And they would have only done a half by a job on it. But I mean, that's a real advantage for people like me, but I can't go and help you Rob and say, look, I'm willing to spend four hours of my time posting one blog for you. Um, but you know, if, if you did one yourself, you know, I could give you a few tips, <laughs> get your 10%, 10%. I mean, Lachlan's really good on LinkedIn. So, I mean, his knowledge is amazing. You did a post, you said the other day and you got 10,000 people viewing it and I'm going, Oh my God, amazing. I, the most I've ever had, I think is about 700, but then I'm looking, I'm following him around and he's got heaps of traffic. He probably takes it for granted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can also partner with a, a similar company. So for example, I tried a while back doing portraits and offering like, 
you know, people to have their hair done and their makeup done prior to the session. And I have a hairdresser that I go to and I said to her, oh, can I put some things up in your salon to get people to come to me and also come to you? And she was all into it. But um, she wasn't invested <coughs> in my business, so nothing ever came of it. And it was a real shame because I think it could have been quite a good synergy. So if you can find someone that's similar to you or, you know, that you can partner with or work with, I think it can work, but you've got to do it properly. Mine didn't. Actually, that's a good point. Just uh, put that in the solutions, actually. Partnering, partnering with a like-minded business. A good one is that, like, Raymond's a videographer. Helen's a photographer and Helen went and did a job a year ago with a videographer and a photographer and they both invoiced I think separately yeah, to the yeah. client and um, produced two different lots of content and now we're, we're seeing that content actually being used on their Facebook pages even today yeah. which is brilliant yeah. um, and well, other, they, yeah. they originally asked me if I could do video and photo for their website and I said well I'm not a videographer I wouldn't do a good job I know someone, so I brought him on board, and um, yeah, we we did it separately, but together, and it worked really well. Thanks for your comment, Lachlan. I'll put that in the problems. Uh, so, anyone else got any thoughts? What are we up to on this? How's this going? <clears throat> it's been a good meeting, and really nice to see everyone here. Uh, if you want to book the rest of your life away at nine thirty on Fridays, please do. It'd be awesome. Uh, and we're going to get, uh, Stephen's going to get in his car and come and see me with his laptop and we're going to fix his sound so you can um, sit there and not look so frustrated because we know you're busting to say stuff. Does <laughs> yeah. anyone want to talk about Stephen while he's got no mic? <laughs> 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 he's typing something in, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's quite good, actually. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. All right, so... You've got to work out your interests. Uh, you know, like, if it interests you, you know, like, you're going to do it. Uh, you know, and when I had you know like i suppose you know like a month over uh, the lockdown i did create some blogs and stuff you know and i love to do it it's just you know like you get distracted with other stuff you do mm. yeah staying focused could be a good solution then mm. you know and that is hard i mean i've been helping helen she's a bit perplexed a couple of days ago and she doesn't know where to begin she's got so many projects and i just i said you've got to finish your etsy store this is on monday and I said, I want 20 products in your Etsy store. Let's, we started a job. We didn't finish it. Let's, let's do this. And then I'll show you how to market it. And um, it's been a good exercise. And what, how, much have you, how many did you get done? I got 20 done. Yep. And then yesterday she wants to start doing headshots photography. And she started another task and said, hold on a minute. Let's go back to Etsy. I want to see if this task is finished yet. <laughs> oh, but, but, and I'm going, no. <laughs> so sometimes accountability. He's my taskmaster, and it does help because I'm very, um, I start something, and if it's not really getting traction, I go to something else, and it's a bad trait of mine. But mm. I just like to see, you know, progress. And if I don't, I, yeah. yeah. I, I certainly think identifying the things that you're avoiding as well. Um, is pretty important. Um, you know, I tend, I, I'll tend to dick around with the technology, whereas in fact, sometimes I, I'm supposed, I really should be picking up the phone and talking to oh, someone. That's great stuff. Did you lock it? No. Yeah, that's really good, actually. A solution is actually, um, if you're looking for ways of generating leads, um, Swallow the Frog would be actually picking up the phone and doing a phone call, isn't it? And that's so well, simple. That's I'll do an email. Bill Gates says, when they start something, the two questions they ask is, who does it? Who does this thing well, and what can we learn from them? You know, and it's 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 a good thing to think. And I'm I must admit, 
in terms of the traits, I just have to sometimes, I, I will sometimes tend to try and work so, so much of the things out myself. But I think also the, the other point I was trying to make was that identifying the things that you might be avoiding, you sort of think you can do or the thing you should be doing, but you aren't. Some things you're afraid of. I mean, you know, we know about public speaking. Sometimes you're just avoiding doing stuff and just identifying things. Hang on a minute. I should be doing that, but I'm not. I don't know, a bit profound, I guess. No, it sounds good, mate. You got me going. Yeah. Just reading my lights. Don't worry about me. Uh, right. I, think, I think also, you know, if we have a look at, you know, like if we're online, uh, what are we looking at? Because, you know, if we're looking at it, you know, the odds are, you know, like others are as well, right? So just, you know, like mimic your own behavior mm. and just, you know, like think, well, if I'm having a look at, at um, yeah, you know, meetings online, you know, like, or if I'm, you know, like entering in uh, some information, you know, like if I'm writing a blog or having a look at others, you know, the odds are, you know, others out there, you know, like, are going to be actually able to do what you're doing, you know, like, or actually the other way around. Uh, so have, 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 have a look, like when I went online and I uh, created the website, I created a website because everybody else has got a website. And you know, like the reason that everybody else ha has a website is that everybody looks at websites. Mm. Um, I got heard the other day and they said, oh, you know, like websites, you know, like are out. And I said, really? You know, like whenever I'm interested in anything, I go, you know, onto the website, you know, like, and move around from there. Mm. So. But there's also, not just looking at that, Rob, is the thing I heard this morning, as I on my morning walk, um, someone said, Look at the questions your your competition are answering, and answer those as well. You know you can be you're in the pot. The one thing about so being online is that you don't have to have a huge office to be to be listened to. So you know you might find in, in these public speaking space or the antique space, people want to know what's a good gift or something. Just look at what, what other people are answering and dive on in there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So website gets just short of three thousand page views a month. Uh, and I've got one, I was talking about last week, I've got one article on Kiwi slang that has had just short of 900 visits in one month. So by looking at that one blog, I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And now I look, there's lots of other people with articles about Kiwi slang. So that's why Helen's just produced a whole lot of downloadable artwork around Kiwi slang. And then I take that same article that I know has got good traction and used it on her website and then linked it all to her products because I'm trying to capitalize on some traffic I've discovered. But what I've really done is I've just found what's trending. And that article has been online for 15 years and I haven't edited it and it brings in all that traffic. So if I put a blog online, I monitor it and, or I see a spike on traffic, then I'll try to turn that into a sale of some like-minded product. And I'm just wondering if, had it, if I was to give you guys any advice on creating content, what you want to write about is one thing, but what's trending on the internet in your industry is another. And that's an art finding trending content. But there's also another thing, Danny, though. I mean, that when you look at slang, that's not trending in itself. It's not like the US elections, which is trending right now, spiking, isn't it? Because people, people won't be worrying about that in a few months' time. Um, but see, I see the slang thing as almost being evergreen content. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's always there. You take a long-term view. Yeah. It might be generally trending up, like renewable energy 
but yeah. but people are still going to read an article about New Zealand slang. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're not going to write, they're not going to follow a review about the latest hybrid car now in five years' time much, are they? Mm-hmm. It's going to go out. Or the latest exactly. Garmin watch for Steve. You know, if he if does a yeah. review, there's Garmin watch, well, that, that'll spike. But no one's going to be reading that in a year's time when it's mm-hmm. uh, superseded. Yeah. That that adds on from my perspective in terms of the marketing strategy and and Danny doing what he's done and matching back to Helen's blog um, is that thing which Yael was saying there about adding value. Because so often we just cast a big wide net, the old scattergun effect. And unless we are um, conscious and um, analysing our own marketing strategies, we've got no idea where these leads are and we potentially could be wasting a heck of a lot of energy and resource uh, getting a message out there. Um, And so we've really got to take stock from time to time and just think, what are we doing? And is this working for me? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm also, just thinking if I was to write some content for you, Mark, on your website, I would write the, about uh, the embarrassment of potentially um, prostate exams or mammograms and having content around that, like a, a blog of, you know, what's the big deal? Or Because I think a lot of people find that, uh, you know, embarrassing to go get that yearly test that we need to do. Yeah. You know, but you can incorporate that on your website. You'll probably get quite a bit of traffic in a way. Uh, no pictures, please. <laughs> interesting though the advertising for uh, mammograms lately this advert came on and it was this woman talking about her family it's all animated and I had no idea what it was about and right at the end they said go and get a mammogram and I'm like that seemed like it had nothing to do with the end message I don't know if anyone's seen it but I yeah. had no idea what it was about yeah until yeah. right at the end yeah What's that? Sorry. There's lots of adverts like that at the moment. The contact energy one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. You don't know what it's on about till it gets to the end. So yeah. Not relevant. And Spark do it as well. Yeah. yeah. But maybe that's why people watch it to the end. Mm. It's an emotional thing there. But, but yeah, getting back to this, uh, adding value in terms of solution, though, I mean, the, my strategy, I mean, look at me as, as when I'm marketing. I generally don't market to, let's say, graduates because I tend to fill senior roles and I go spear fishing for candidates. So I, I, I'll advertise specifically I, when I'm, I'm advertising, for example, for a facade engineer, I don't want a whole bunch of wastewater engineers coming to me and saying, help me find a job. What have you got? You know, it just ties up my day. So, but what I do want is I do want clients to come to me. So I've got to think, what are the pains of my clients? So who are my clients? They tend to be you know, generally sort of professional construction professionals or the HR people in those. So I'm thinking to myself, what are the pains in, that I could answer in those areas? That's what I'm thinking. I tend to think when I'm putting stuff up, you know, um, not just to be entertaining. I, I have to think what's going to engage people and put me out as a bit of an expert in my area. Does that make sense? Yeah. But what are the pains? You know, what are people are going to be searching for? Yeah. So it's really solving people's pain points, isn't it? Yeah. So, they, for example, salary negotiations, that could be a tricky one. How do you deal with those sort of things? That would be a good post for me. Um, how to interview is a good post for, for me to do. Yeah. Um, mm. Because often they go to do an interview and often smaller companies don't have expertise in it. They quickly Google, what questions should I ask? You know? Mm. So, if, like, look, look at Stephen there. He can't say anything. Um, am, I, am I right there, Steve? Yes, I'm right. And, um, but, you know, I might put a thing out, how to interview an architect. And so if Steve was doing an interview, how to interview a, 
an urban designer or something, he might yeah. think, oh, Google that to get a few extra tips to make sure there's something I could, I could, I could answer. So that would be a, a thing that I would put out. Definitely questions to ask um, yeah. somebody you want a job for. Yeah, I think um, Steve employed a young lady to work in a shop on a Saturday morning, and I think that's exactly what Steve asked me. <laughs> um, I, I said, well, you've got to go ask us some questions, and hopefully she's going to ask you some questions. Mm. But, <laughs> and also, being PC about it, like asking the young girl where she lives might not be good, and <laughs> assuming a relationship yeah. might not be a good yeah. idea, or things you can't can ask you, people. Can you, what, yeah, how, I mean, I'd probably put a thing up, how to completely, um, how to stuff yourself in an interview or something as an interviewer or how to really cock things up or something like that. And that would get people reading it, I think. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, how are we doing for time? We've got uh, seven minutes. So what about some takeaways? I've just stuffed up the, the, the uh, mind map. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'll get that fixed in a second. Here we go. There we go. Fixed. Wasn't yeah. that hard? Um, some takeaways today, because we've got about seven minutes left. So what have we got from coming along to the meeting today? Um, uh, and I've just must the... Thank you for your comments in the in the chat room. Uh, they're really good, guys. Um, we've got some really good stuff here. Instead of being a hunter working hard for food, how about building a hive full of bees? Your network's COIs, which collect honey for you. That's good, yeah. Yep. Love it. Love this stuff. So we're going to publish all this. Um, what we do with this content is we'll get it scribed by uh, a company called uh, Otter, and they scribe it into a blog for us. And then I tag all your names into it. So, and um, then we use the mind map picture as the um, the feature for the blog. And also we record it as a podcast all in one. And if you guys get really brave one day, we would record this and put it on YouTube, but uh, <laughs> that would see us all on the windows, but I aren't doing that at the moment. Uh, Danny, you, I think you gave me a tip a while ago in terms of, uh, I can't remember it was you or someone else. Um, when you look on Google and you search in Google, if, if you put, start to put questions in about your industry, uh, you'll find what other people are answering because the Google thing will have suggested ends to your sentence. Yeah. So, for example, let's say Rob was doing something with antiques, um, you know, buying an antique and then see what other people say oh, for, you know, for, for my grandma or, or something. And you look at this, you see how Google finishes the questions and that tells you what people are asking. Yeah. And yeah, but did you know, Lachlan, that if you type in a question and I type the question, we'll both get different answers. That's right. That's yep. right. Because basically I'm better looking than you. <laughs> it's all down to the search engine and how oh, that's what it is. Yeah, and, and humble yeah. too, Lachlan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, there's no humorous in there at all, Lachlan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> Maybe next week's talk will be on kindness. Yeah. Okay, some takeaways then. What did we get from the meeting? Come on, guys. What did we get? Anything that you do you feel like going away and writing a blog? Probably not. Yep. Yeah, I've published two last twenty-four hours. Work, you must market online. What's yeah. that? In order for online marketing to work, you must market online. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um, there's an old saying that uh, I'll never ever not say, and that is content. I can't even spell it. Content Com is king. Is king, and I've uh, you know honestly, there's no other um, secret in business marketing. Even when I had a terrible looking website, I used to get twenty-five thousand. IP visits per day. That's individual people every day. And my website was criticized because of it. Look, but the whole website was built out of text. And at the time, anything on the internet is actually only found by text. It's got smarter now. They can, you can upload a picture and Google will go away and find other pictures. Um, so if you wanted to make a beautifully designed website with click here to enter, 
uh, those guys would never compete with me in the search engines. So it's still rule today is content is king, but producing content that is trending is double king. <laughs> yeah. King and queen. Yeah. But I also <laughs> think you have to do, you know, who's, uh, certainly know your target audience. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely yeah. know your target audience. In fact, even conversely, know who they're not. Mm, that's right. <laughs> don't take on everybody. Mm. Yeah, don't try and don't try and market for the sake of marketing. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Rob, can you type up what you said before and put it in the chat box and yep. we'll put it up? They'll keep him busy for half an hour. Yeah. No stuttering in the typing, please. <laughs> <laughs> and a zoom tip for everybody. If you click down the bottom right hand corner where it says more, you can actually save the chat of a Zoom meeting and read it later. All oh, right. You yeah. get all the comments. Yeah. Except the private ones that we've been talking about you in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't pick your nose on the screen, Mark. Sweet. That's okay. right. <laughs> Another thing in terms of takeaways, my takeaways actually take a long-term view. I mean, Danny, you talked about those posts sitting there from, from ages ago. 15 years. Um, mm. Long-term view is a good one. Yeah, and that, that's what I call it, marinating in the search engine. I do it all the time. Mm. One of my blogs yesterday, I, I had this article in the Stuff newspaper for 10 years. And it pisses me off and it's not accurate. It's, uh, and I've never done anything about it, but every time recently I've been marketing my um, personal brand. So every time I search for my name, up comes a stupid article. Mm. So I thought oh, I'll, I'll write to the stuff newspaper and see if they'll remove it. At the end of the day, that whole experience decided I'd write a blog about the whole experience. <laughs> and there was my content. Um, my point was that my name had been there for 10 years um, and it does tarnish my business. So I thought, well, the editor's name is now going to be on the internet, <laughs> you know, and wonder how he likes that sort of style, you know, but I know the power of content. It, it doesn't fall off the bottom. When you go to Google, mm. you search for it, you'll find stuff years ago. Yeah. Uh, but know. I'm just sort of thinking how you can use that. For example, I was thinking, you know, if I was doing reviews about Apple, I think, hang on a minute. Why don't I write an article about the Apple, the iPhone 14? Because by the time it comes out, I'll have been around, sitting around for a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, if, you, if you search that right now, yeah. somebody's probably already done that. I bet you they have. Um, and I'll tell you now, Steve. Um, Steve ahead of the game. Do the one for the iPad 15. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you search for any Garmin watch, I guarantee Steve's shop will come up. Now, yeah. this morning he tells me that Garmin's just released a sports watch. Now, Steve will have that watch. Every detail he can find about that watch. Photos. Uh, he cropped, uh, I think, 500 images up in a day and then reposted them on, on the website. But he wants to be the first person to have that content online because he knows that once that content's online, he'll dominate anyone else who tries to catch up. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, so thinking so, of the iPhone 14 is a brilliant idea if you're yeah. an iPhone seller, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter users, someone had created the iPhone, um, iPhone 12 Twitter handle a couple of years ago, and now they've started posting and advertising around it on oh, Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I heard they do it for Ferraris as well. They look at the new Ferrari and predict the new Ferrari model, and they reserve the domain name for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've never yet sold a Ferrari, though. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's your domain names or a hard case one. Yeah. But certainly to the point I guess I was taking was taking looking at the longevity of something, looking at a lot that and, and thinking what could I write that might keep on working for me in many years' time. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. And I mean, do a mind map and structure it. I, 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 I say a bush is better on the internet than a stick, and meaning that a, a tree has branches. So uh, category structure is everything. So Helen's got a really good category structure on her website. 
And I said, now, I know you want to write about photography all day long, but to have a well-balanced uh, website, it might be, one might be about editing. Bit, the tree can be all around your industry, but don't just write about one topic all the time. Mm, yeah, and yeah. Write, you know, make it apply. Like put the feelers out, though. You might get a surprise response from something where you can develop, you can really get, have a little niche. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All right. In respects of time, I want to finish this meeting in a couple of minutes. Next week's topic, uh, am I talking about uh, content creation as a topic? Uh, things we could write about or what, 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 what would be a good topic while well, I've got a captive audience here. And if you've got any more uh, takeaways, do let me know. And the room went quiet. <laughs> what do you guys want in your business right now? <coughs> I need more clients. More clients. Yeah. How to get more clients. It's about yep. recruitment, I guess, in my, my industry. Yep. So that could be a nice progression going from generating leads and sales. We've got a really good mind map here today, so yeah. um, I can't wait to get this scribed up and get it out there. Um, and just in case you didn't realize, Elite6.co.nz is now going to dehec.com. And if you are a member of Elite6, you'll need to be able to log in. Uh, and if you don't know your username and password, reset your password um, just so you know. Uh, and but what the point of that is, we've also moved the podcast to um, podcast.tohec.com, and you'll see all the old um, what do we call it? Uh, think tank meetings that we've done, and I'm about, I'll publish this one later on today. So I'm just thinking of the topic next week. Are we talking about uh, what did you say, Mark? Well, it's about re recruiting new business or recruiting new clients. So that's, that's for me, that's my uh, on top thing. Do we have an, an A for that, an I? Everyone agree? Mm. That that's like cool. All right, recruiting new clients. How to find new clients. I think that's really important. I think we all want that, really. I think that's pretty cool. Um, well, I'd like to thank you all for being here. As I said, it's really cool. Um, if you want anyone's contact details, do go on to danny.co.nz, click on Elite Six, click on Members, and you'll find everyone's uh, details there. And uh, that's us for this week. I'll turn off the, um, the recording, and then we can say uh, naughty words. I'm just trying to figure out how to do that.